for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Um, I have a, a Bible. It's only, a New Testament is the only one that's released from Perry Stone. And uh, it's, it's his study Bible, so it's notes. And he has 130,000 hours into studying the Word. Since he was 17, he was a pastor. And um, I usually use the Dake Bible, which he had 150,000 hours into the Word when he wrote this. And uh, Perry's just turned 60, so he'll probably pass him up in his lifetime, right? Which is awesome, because we want those, like our children and any younger than us, to go further than we did, right? So uh, that's really good. Anyways, I was reading the notes, and I ran across a story about sheep. And it was so fascinating to me. I want to share with you. Uh, there was like pages and pages. And what this is, is he goes to Israel quite a bit. He has for many years. And he ran into a Christian Arab over there that had knowledge and, and uh, history, not only as a shepherd, but now, but the history of a shepherd in biblical times. And he taught their whole tour um, that the history of a shepherd in biblical times. And it was so interesting because the Bible talks about Jesus calling us his sheep over 500 times. So that's really important that he relates us to a sheep. And it wasn't, um, you know, he told parables and he talked about it. And a lot of it is because it was so, you know, he's talking about sheep because they could all relate because the sheep were everywhere, shepherds were, and they, they can relate to that, right? Today, it would probably be computers, <laughs> right? But um, anyways, it, to me, it was so fascinated that I wanted to know more about sheep. So um, I did this, I don't know, a month or so ago, and so I started studying sheep further than what his was, just uh, going online, getting stories, getting videos and YouTube is really interesting. And um, I'm hoping it'll be interesting to you because I want you, I, I, I just took some of the facts that he gave because he, uh, this, this uh, shepherd was comparing sheep's lives to a Christian, like a church though, a church, like just a church setting like TCVC, not like the body of Christ, the church. And so that's kind of what I'm doing, kind of changing the comparisons to really, it's any believer because we're all a member of the church, right? And I mean, I can see it in humans. I can see a lot of this in me. And to me, uh, it really helped me. Uh, I, I run into a lot of the people at the park that sometimes they feel like God is just too big, too perfect. And they, they sometimes feel like I could never, he, he, they, they could never meet his expectations. And, you know, I'll have to tell them that it's not what God's expecting from you, okay? But that's what in their mind that they're thinking. And after, this is going to be two parts, but even after today, you're, you're, um, you're probably going to realize it's not what God expects from us, okay? And this kind of really helped me, even myself, just like, wow, he's comparing us to sheep, and this is how they are, and we can relate. I can relate to all of this and see this. So it just put it into a total different perspective for me, and I'm, I'm hoping it does for you too. So um, anyways, Christ is the good shepherd. He calls himself the good shepherd, and we all know that. 
and we are the believers, we're the sheep and his pastor. And that's found in John 10. I'm not going to read that now because I'm kind of going to go into that whole parable next week. Um, so each shepherd watched approximately between 30 and 50 sheep. That was which the average shepherd would watch in a day's time. And sheep do not take care of themselves, but they must have a leader to follow who can take care of them. Um, Israel was actually considered a lost sheep because they were wandering without direction. And it can make you realize why God needed to give them laws. You know, they were kind of wandering and lost, which we can do without direction in our life. Whether, even if you're not a believer, we all need laws. We all need direction and how to be pointed and guided, correct? Uh, sheep require a shepherd to protect, direct, and instruct, especially considering the dangers they encounter in the Judean wilderness such as ledges, steep drops into dangerous gorges, poisonous serpents concealed under stones or hiding in bushes, loose rocks that could dislodge near cliffs, sending sheep rolling down a mountain into their death, and certain plants that have eaten could cause sickness, and of course the occasional wild sheep-eating beast. Uh, the shepherd must protect them from internal and external. So it's, it's, it's what they were eating that was coming inside them, you know, and we can think of this ourselves. Of course, it's internal and external, but we can look at it as in the natural, we need a shepherd, and in the spiritual, we need a shepherd, right? To, for every one of these to, to protect us, uh, and for every reason that they have the sheep, we, the, the shepherd in their life, we need it in our life. Sheep do not have a high intelligence level. Uh, what I found um, online in several different places, uh, they compare a sheep in between a goat, like smarter than a goat, but not as smart as cattle. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, don't really know how smart cattle are, but I think it's really good to be smarter than a goat, don't you? Because they're rebellious in nature and they don't listen. So it's good to know that, you know, we, we have that intelligence level. Um, of course, I know as humans, we have a higher intelligence level, but I want you to kind of take this on how God sees us, right? Okay, so um, they run from trouble instead of facing it. We can all see that, can't we? We run from trouble. We have to kind of train ourselves, teach ourselves, make ourselves how to stand on the word, stand on faith, because it's, it's, it's natural inside us to run from it. Some of us know conflict you don't like, confrontation we don't like. None of us want trouble right? So it's easier to run away from it. It kind of makes you see why people will run into an addiction, right? Because it's uh, alcohol, because you, you're, it's all gone. You don't have to deal with it, all right? So it's kind of something that we as humans have in the same thing. They easily get spooked when they sense danger. They depend on a voice and on the hand of the shepherd, um, it was amazing how much I learned how much sheep depend on the shepherd and how much they hear the voice of a shepherd. The shepherd is what they totally, uh, if, especially if you go on YouTube and you watch some videos of it, it's amazing the relationship they have with the shepherd. What amazed me the most is what a shepherd does for sheep and their whole life is just spent caring and caring and the love and the caring that goes out for these sheep. Sheep enjoy sticking their neck into other person's pasture. 
Okay, that sounds like a lot of humans, right? We kind of um, think the grass is greener on the other side. We've probably all been there. And um, of course, these sheep are going into other pastures because they didn't usually have them fenced off. Nowadays, they do, right? But they didn't then. So they could wander into other pastures. And uh, it might look greener over there. You know, it. You want to think about the, the the devil being the deceiver, right? It really could be because there's a septic tank over there underneath. So what is really underneath that makes it look so pretty that we need to go to there and wander off to the wrong thing? That's what we kind of want to think is what makes that grass greener? It could be the toxics below that is not good. It's just pretty on the outside, right? <laughs> That's kind of what happens to us. Uh, the nature of sheep is to wander and if there's no boundary set. So this kind of tells us why boundaries need to be set with discipline, uh, not so much that we need to be caged in, but we need to learn our boundaries. Sheep can easily be distracted by their surroundings, including insects, flies, bad weather, and dangerous storms. These distractions can bring danger into their life. So if they're distracted from something that they think that, that may be harming them. What's this happening is the distraction alone is harming them from something else, you know? Like, for example, they're worried about flies coming and landing on them and they could be falling off a cliff because they're not paying attention to where they're going. And we do this in our life. We, uh, you know, if you stop and think about it, and this is how the enemy is, you know, pretty smart to, He's weak that he attacks us on our lowest link of our life, whatever it may be. He may be attacking a family member, which that distracts you for praying for others. Do you see that? It's the distracts you from studying the word and growing with God. It could be a sickness that's distracting you from moving forward with God. You see that? So... The enemy will attack you, whatever he can do to bring a whole family down. If there's someone that uh, has serious problems in their life, in that family, you can see the whole family can stop kind of growing with the Lord. Can't you see that? It takes a lot to realize that when we have the problem is when we need to go to the shepherd to get the help. So we, we can learn from how this is and how the sheep will go to the shepherd for the help. And that's what we kind of need actually to learn from. There are seasons in the life of a sheep. So in the summer season, the flies and insects are little agitators and they harass the sheep. Uh, just like it says in Song of Solomon, that's the little foxes that spoil the vines. In the summer, there's numerous flies and uh, they, they go towards the head and towards the nose and they irritate them because sheep can't scratch themselves like we can. So they'll rub themselves up against rocks or walls or whatever. And then you see they created another problem because now they have sores that get scabs that can go to an infection. You see, see how that can kind of follow along? And you can relate that to something else in our life. We can have a little problem, and because we're not dealing with that or we don't think we can, it grows into another one, right? Well... Here's what I took off of this, is these flies lay eggs and they can hatch in the membranes of the nose. And what the shepherd does is he puts, he anoints their head, he coats it with oil. This is where probably 
David wrote in Psalm 23, you anointest my head with oil. You see, because this is what they do to a sheep. They completely anoint it with oil. So after they smother him with oil, it, it does, they actually mix a little bit of this tar-like stuff substance, but it kills the eggs so that they won't hatch. And then it kind of puts a ceiling over them to where bacteria can't come in. I want, to, I want you to think about Neosporin. It's an oil base, right? It's protecting the inside, but it's also stopping any bacteria from the outside coming in because it's an oil base, right? So this is what oil does. But not only that, this oil feels really good. It, it's, it's a soothing to them, and it feels better to them from what they've been dealing with, which they can't itch on. So you, I want you to think about if somebody comes up to you and they're gossiping and gossiping in your ear, or they're talking negative, and you're like, oh, I can't deal with this, you know, but you're trying to have patience and maybe they're not taking your advice, but people in our lives can come up with these negative thoughts. And what you need to realize is when they walk away, you're thinking, okay. But what they did was plant seeds, didn't they? They left, when they left, they left seeds in you. And if you don't know how to get all of this off, these bad spirits that kind of put you in a dampering mood right? Doesn't it? Or if you're listening to this a lot, maybe you're surrounded by family members or really good friends that you're having a hard time converting or you're working with to convert, right? If this happens and you're hearing it a lot, these seeds will hatch. And before you know it, you're not speaking the way you should and you're following in and maybe you're gossiping back or maybe you're talking with negativity also. So we have to be careful about that. So what's the answer? It's anointing yourself with oil, right? We, we have to definitely cover ourselves with the protection of the Holy Spirit because he's here to protect us. I was having a conversation with my sister yesterday, and as she was, she's going through a really hard time with a daughter-in-law. And she's like, what do I do? What do I do? And I said, I said I'm going to go get the olive oil, and I'm going to anoint your head with oil. So I was telling her this story, and she's going, oh, so I can just dump oil all over her head. And I go, eh, no, no, you don't get it. I'm dumping oil on you. I say, you need to get in the presence of the Lord. Do you understand? You are the one that needs to be dealing with this. I oh, know she wanted to dump the oil on her. It was so cute. So this morning I missed a phone call from her. And I, I didn't realize it. About half an hour later, I called her back. And she goes, where were you when I needed you? I needed that oil. I need the oil now. So the good thing is, is she's kind of learning. She goes, I tried to hold my cool. I did pretty good. I really did pretty good. All I could think about was the oil. And so sometimes we need to realize when times are hard for us, you know, we need the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need to ask for more oil. We need to ask for sealing and protection so that we can um, kind of have a barrier so that these bad spirits won't come towards us and land on us and that we can actually... Uh, feel like we're healed enough on the inside that we can actually respond in a way that we should be, right? Okay, so uh, that was just <laughs> really interesting to me. And, it, and it, this, this little teaching here just made me think in depth about oil, which I didn't ever really think that much in depth about oil before. But when you think about it seals you and heals you from the inside, there's so many things about oil that just made you realize about God's anointing is larger than what we think, okay? Um, so uh, 
one thing that the oil is done in the, uh, the believer is it also gives us the power to break the mental yokes and the physical that we're dealing with. It, it gives us, we can break the bondage with the oil when you understand what it's doing for you. Uh, yeah, you know, I kind of always like take a dot of oil and I'll put it on all the windows of my door. Sometimes I put it on both sides, you know, in or out, going in or out. I'll seal my house off. And sometimes, you know, I was reading where, you know, they'll just pour it all over your head. And I'm thinking, that's probably just a better idea, you know, maybe just seal the whole thing. So, I mean, when I'll put it on me, I'm thinking about it. I may not do it, you know. I actually yesterday took a bottle of olive oil out and teased my sister with it, you know. Okay, here it goes. (laughs) You're going to need a lot of it. Here it is. We'll see you today for tomorrow's episode, you know. So I, I was having fun with it. But the good thing is, is she got something out of it, what it's really about, right? Um, okay, so the water for sheep must be clean, trouble-free, um, and trouble-free, because a restless water causes a sheep to become nervous and hesitant to drink. Uh, so in the summertime, the shepherd takes them to an oasis, because underneath is an underground stream, and it's fresh water, and an oasis is calm, Okay, so the sheep can drink for it. So you can see how the, the shepherd has, he, he goes through great extents to care about their inner nervousness. You know, it's like, not like just drink, there's the water, drink it. You know, it's not that. I mean, he, he goes out of his way in the summer to take them where it'll be good for him. And, um, and that's how you be refreshed. And as soon as I thought about this, I thought about the scripture, you know, that the, as the church with washing, uh, washing of the water of the word. I mean, it's right away this just came to me about this is the same thing for us uh, of, of drinking in God's water and drinking in his uh, living water. And what we need to do sometimes, you know, you may be in a family where everybody around you is watching TV or they're talking. And right now you need to be in the presence of God and it's really hard to do that when there's other things going on. You know, when we come to church, we can get into the presence of God. You may have a prayer room. I have a gazebo I call my God room, and I, I, I can go there. I can always go out there because there's nobody out there, you know, but me. Um, but sometimes we need to get away so that we can drink of the living water, right? Just to, you know, walk away and, and go do that. Um, I want you to listen closely to this next thing I'm going to say because, uh, and then I'm going to just tell you a little experience I had here about a month or two ago. And when I read this, oh my gosh, it was such a confirmation to me. I read it two or three times. Do you get the confirmations where, and, and if I had read this before, I probably would have just kind of read through it and got something out of it, but not the same thing. Once you get a confirmation from God, it just... It's enlightening, isn't it? Okay, so during summer in Israel, the sheep enjoy the highlands and the bright, warm sun. However, the shepherd must bring them into the valley where clear water flows. The mountains of Judea are dangerous and steep, so the walk is often precarious. Perhaps this is similar to walking through the valley of the shadow of death, since the pass between the high hills and the low places can be slippery and steep. On the journey, the danger of serpents and wild beasts also exists, so the journey from the mountain to the valley is risky. In our faith tradition, the mountains are the spiritual high places where we bask in the light of God's glory. 
and warmth of his presence. When we tower above the problems and dangers below, however, we cannot always abide on the mountain, but must sometimes journey into a valley, passing through the many dangers and snares. Christ, our loving shepherd, is with us through the valley of the shadow of death, and he has promised to never leave or forsake us. So about a month or two ago, I was, went down in the power of God, and I was just laying there, and just what y'all were saying on the song, I want more of you, God. I just like, I want more, God, just whatever you have for me, let me walk into it. Let me, you know, lead me to walk into whatever you want. And God just gave me this simple, simple vision, but when he gave me the vision, just all this information followed it, because that's kind of the way he does. He just thoughts just come, right? So he just gave me this vision of this silver ball, and it was kind of on a track, like a railroad track. And it was, it was right there, and the, it kind of went down like this, kind of like a roller coaster. And that's all, he, that's all he showed me. And immediately I knew what he was trying to tell me. If, if that ball wants to go up, there's no way on a track that ball can go up if it doesn't go down first. You can't get it to go up without touching it. So this is us. We have to go down into the valleys to be able to go up into the mountains. There's no other way to get there. I mean, this was so simple. He had shown, it was like all this information poured in. And I thought, I kind of felt like an idiot. Like, how did I not know this? It's, I never compared myself with a ball on a track. I just, it's so simple. I I was, it, it was a revelation to me. Okay. And then he, it just all this information, it was like all of it was just right there. And so if you are a believer that just sits there and doesn't go through any trials and tribulations, you're not growing with God because that ball can't go up. And the word says that we must go through many tribulations to enter into the kingdom. <sighs> okay, we must. Okay, it also tells us how we grow from it. You know, that we can uh, bring patience. You can get so many, you aren't going to grow unless you experience the hard times. It, it also says we must suffer like Jesus. Okay, so in order for him to get all the way there that he had, he had to go through more suffering than any of us. He climbed the highest, so he had to go the lowest. So it, it was just amazing to me. So you want to think about before you ask to grow more with God, exactly how high you want to climb. <laughs> that was my very first thought. Exactly how high do I want to climb, you know? Because sometimes these trials can be a little hard. But right here, it was telling me he's promised to leave or forsake me, and he's there all the way through the valley of the shadow of death, right? I'm there, and I'm going to grow. Has any of you been through trials and tribulations you didn't learn something from? And if you didn't learn something from, you didn't care, you weren't paying any attention, or maybe you weren't sober-minded at the time <laughs> to, to deal with it, right? Because we learn from our mistakes, don't we? And I've also learned that if I go through it with praise, I can come out of it faster. Is that right? You can go, come, that's why God tells us to praise. When I first started reading praise during a trial, oh my gosh, you have joy. But I found out the enemy doesn't like it and I can come out. So here's what I want you to think about. So you're going to look and picture this ball. And if I'm going down, but I'm coming, I'm giving praise, I can come back up faster, right? So 
if I go down quickly because I want to dive deep with the Lord. So the faster the ball and the deeper it goes, the ball's not going to go fast going in a slant, right? The, the deeper it goes, the faster it'll go. The faster it goes, the higher it's going to go up. So if you're going through a trial, do you want to go through it fast or do you want to go through it slow? Or do you want to live there? Because some people build a tent and habitat there, don't they? Because they grew faint and weary, right? The trial got so hard, sooner or later you decide to give up. So you go through this and you decide, I don't want to get tired of it. I want, so you need to decide. Just let yourself go through this trial. When a trial comes to you, okay, I'm going to attack it. We're going to get through this, go through it, praise and glory. Make it be a steep climb. Learn from your lesson. Grow from your patience you just endured, right? Okay, grow from it so that you can climb higher. Because I will tell you, we have free will. God will let you go down that hill. He'll let you stay as long as you can. And when you're ready, when you decide, I need a shepherd, I need somebody to give me a hand, okay, then you're going to be there to start coming up. But if you went that low, you're only going to come up a little bit, aren't you? If you slowed the process down, you're only coming up a little bit. So it's, isn't that just the coolest thing? And then you can see where I read this afterwards, how it was such a confirmation of everything he was trying to tell me. And all that information just went in with a picture of his little silver ball on a track, because that's the way God talks to you. And, but I'm telling you, it woke me up, and now I feel like I can handle the trials. And when somebody says, how you're doing, I'm doing good, because you know what? I'm getting in and out of this. <laughs> I'm going to learn from it, and I'm going to climb higher. But, it, you know, this, how high do I want to climb? Well, you know what? I'm just going to go up and down and up and down. I mean, but it is up to you. I can tell you, you know, you don't want to be the lukewarm that he spits that fuse out of his mouth. You don't want to sit there and never move. And I'm telling you, in the body of Christ, we see a lot of that, don't we? We definitely see a lot of that. So that's one thing that we need to kind of um, go through. Okay, another one of the seasons is called the season of the rut. Now, we can all run into that. <laughs> that's actually what they call it, the rut. Because they're creatures, the sheep are creatures of habit. So when they go out to pasture or where they are, you've got to realize sometimes the areas are mountainous and hills. But they're going to follow the same paths, and they're going to create these paths over and over, back and forth, to where there's a rut now in the ground. And they have formed this. And we do this with our life. You know, we get up at the same time every day. We cook at the same time. We get dressed, then we brush our teeth after, we, you know what I'm saying? We, we have an order and a sequence, don't we? And then sometimes we wonder why life just kind of goes on and we're just going through the motions, but we're doing it to ourselves, aren't we? And sometimes we can follow, go, go into a rut even when we're not happy with the trail we're on. We may not like this trail, but we are a creature of habit just like these sheep. You can see why God is just comparing us to sheep, can't you? Because we just follow into it, and then we decide, well, this rut's kind of deep. I don't like it. I'm so used to it. Instead of going this way, it may be kind of harder, unfamiliar. I'm not sure I want to do it, but we keep doing it even when we're not happy. And, and what does it do? It takes the joy out of you, doesn't it? We, we need to change. Even as a church, when we have changes, you know, 
the younger people are, the more they like change, the more easier change is with them. The older you get, the harder it is. You know, I sell Medicare insurance, so I change is the hardest thing for seniors, okay? Because you grow into a rut and a pattern in your life. What we need to remember as a congregation is this church is full of little ones. I mean, we will be full all the way to the back, and then when it comes time, you know, the worship's over, half the church is gone. And that's awesome. And you know why I, I just like, we need to all pat ourselves on the back? Because we are accepting change. We're accepting change to keep the youth here, right? Because if we didn't, now what's more important than youth and the generation behind us? We gotta have the youth here. We, if we're not letting them have the, learn the passion that we have for God, uh, you know, we are totally not walking in any of God's purposes. So, I mean, I think it's awesome that we like change and we, we move into it here. So that, that's a good thing about it. Another thing they do is uh, um, it's called a season of bumping heads. So they'll kind of bump their heads against each other like this is, is what thing, one thing that they'll do. And then what the shepherd will do is to plunge their head into a tank of water. <laughs> kind of like wake them up, you know, like shock them, you know, to wake them up. And that also, what it also does is because they've been bumping their heads, they're creating little sores. So it refreshes them, gets off the dirt and the bacteria, so it'll stop any infection. So there's reasoning, reasons for what they're doing, and, and it works. And again, Ephesians 5.26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it, the church, with the washing of the water by the word. And, you know, see, God is its just amazing to me, uh, the comparison, isn't it? Uh, in the fall, the harvest changes and the attitudes of the, che- the sheep changes because it's mating season. <laughs> so instead of your just regular little bumping heads, okay, it turns into a battle with the males because they've got horns and now they're bumping the horns and they're getting interlocked and they can't get out. And it's actually fights because they're, tr- you know, they're trying to show off in front of the females, okay? So, I mean, gosh, is this definitely humans? <laughs> You know, so what he does there is he puts heavy, heavy, thick coats of oil on the horns and it acts like grease. So it's slippery and it's it's walked now. So that's kind of like two believers arguing. Do you get that? There are two believers and now they're both being anointed with oil. And it's going to be harder when you're both of you are trying to argue. It's like. It's like if two believers were arguing in our church and not getting along and pastor would say, both of you just go in that room together and stay there. Like, you know how if kids argue and time out, you put them in the same room together, you can't come out until you get along, right? Okay, so you're putting them, that's kind of what it would be with two believers. And it's kind of hard to pray for each other at the same time you're arguing with them. You see that? So you see how this works and how it's relating? <laughs> it's amazing. I, I just, I just, I thought this was so interesting because I can compare and see the difference of it. And what I like is hearing about how they actually cured the problem because we can relate to what we need to be doing. It's a lesson for us, right? Uh, there's another season called cast down. Now, as what we call cast down, is maybe being depressed or sad or lonely or maybe backsliding. That's what we're calling cast down. And when we are reading what David wrote, that's what we're kind of thinking being cast down. Here's what he wrote in Psalm 42:11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? He's talking to his soul. 
Why are you cast down? And why are you in turmoil with me? Hope in God, for I shall praise him again, for my salvation is in my God. So he, see, David knows to praise. If anybody, if, if you want to learn how to praise, you read anything to do with David, okay? He knows. So his soul is cast down. So this is what it is. It's when the, um, the sheep, they don't have a real good balance. So when they fall over on their back, they can't get up. They're cast down. And if they're there very long before the shepherd can get to them, when he gets there, because they probably just hurt themselves, and they're probably scrambling and scrambling and probably maybe even hurting themselves more trying to get up, so the shepherd has to turn them up, and then he sits there and he, you know, uh, massages their feet to make sure that they're okay. But that's what casket down is. But you want to stop and think that we've got our shepherd. When we're cast down, he's there to pick us up. He's there not only to just pick you up and let you go on your way. He's there to comfort you, to make sure you're okay, and you can get up and walk alone on your own. I mean, uh, it's really, it, it, it's a good, it's a good thing. It's amazing. So I can relate all this. Um, David had to go through so many different things. Um, he had to fight the giants, the Philistines. Um, even for years, he fought his father-in-law, King Saul. I mean, just running from him so he wouldn't be killed. And it was a long, many years. Most of his life was in battles and wars. And you can grow weary and worn down. And that's why his spirit felt cast down. And that's why he was writing this. You grow tired and you grow weary from emotional things that go on in our life, don't we? Think about when Moses um, was fighting the Israelites and, and the Malachites, how he had to hold the rod up the whole time and he couldn't do it. I mean, that was such a good lesson for us. He had to basically be praising God or the Israelites would be losing. During the war, he had to be praising, didn't he? So he had Aaron and her helping and holding him up. And that's why as believers, we're a family. When others are cast down, we are to be there holding them up all the way through to the end so that they can win their battle. You know, we have to, we can just learn from this because uh, Galatians 6, 9, and let us not be wearing and well-doing, for in due, seeing, due season we shall reap if we do not grow weary. Because right, that's the scripture that just immediately came to me when I was reading this. I mean, we have a promise here that if we don't grow weary, we're going to reap. And, and it's talking about don't grow weary in well-doing. Okay, it's not something that you're doing wrong. It's for doing good, okay? We can still grow weary in doing good, can't we? Um, so then there's seasons for storms. That's another one. The um, natural storms um, come to the life of a sheep just as they do with a believer. And uh, as a believer, we have natural storms and we have spiritual storms, right? Uh, with... Um, so if it's a spiritual storm, it may be the death of a loved one, a marriage or a divorce, uh, maybe a family member with a sickness, a disease, a family member or a good friend with um, narcotics or alcohol. These are all spiritual storms, battles that we're fighting in our life. Um, with sheep, the hard rain is not always what spooks them. It's the sound of the thunder and the sight of the lightning. That's what alarms them. The combination of what they see and hear is what strikes restlessness in their hearts. And we do this too. We do the same thing. Even though we're supposed to be walking by faith, not by sight, you get a bad report and, and it can come to you. I know about 10 years ago I was diagnosed with cancer 
And I, well, I, I'm sorry, let me take that back. About 10 years ago, I had a test and the doctor says, we've got to do a biopsy. And you, you know, you don't find out for, I don't know, five days, seven days or whatever, right? That right there, the news of not knowing was hard on me, okay? I didn't even know. That was harder on me than when he sat me down and told me that I had cancer. I was like, oh, okay, I can deal with it now. I mean, it's stupid. I know it's stupid, but it's true. As soon as I knew it, I didn't have a problem dealing with it all the way through, okay? But I didn't know. It's just like the sheep. It's the storm, the rain itself didn't bother, doesn't bother the sheep. Sometimes it's what's going on around us is we react to the physical emotions and the verbiage that we hear into what we're taking in. But what is really going to happen isn't that bad. We let the enemy build all this up, don't we? We let him build this fear up to us, which doesn't make any sense. But I mean, I've done it before. I don't know if y'all have, but I can see where many people do. So yeah, I, I can, I, when, I, when I read that, I'm thinking, rain didn't bother him, but then I'm, I, this is what I'm taking away from it. The shepherd also marks his sheep, just like branding them like they do cattle. Well, we get branded too. Um, we get sealed with the Holy Spirit. Um, Ephesians 1.13, in whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also that after that you believed, you were sealed with that the, the Holy Spirit of a promise. So the Holy Spirit protects us like oil does, but it seals us with a mark. And with the sheep, it's a visible seal. They can see the branding. If you think like on, you know, like on cattle or something, right? Like that. But with with believers, the evidence is in tongues. Okay, so we even have evidence of it of being sealed and marked, so that God knows His believers. In ancient days, Israel days, the shepherd placed his sheep in a cave at night and surrounded the entrance with thick branches, piles of stones, and other objects to prevent the sheep from escaping into the danger darkness. The shepherd then laid his entire body at the small main entrance so that one sheep is, if one sheep tried to exit the security of the cave, it had to pass over the shepherd's body. This demonstrates how the good shepherd is willing to give his life for the sheep. Um, it's amazing that they do this because you got to think, you know, not only are they trying to protect the sheep from coming out, but like a wolf that may be coming in. So he, when you think about what a shepherd does for his flock, it is amazing that they're actually willing. That's called laying down your life for a sheep. Uh, you know, I don't know, do, 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 <laughs> you wonder, do shepherds do this nowadays? Do you, you know, do other uh, ranchers do this for their animals? I, I don't really know because I've never studied them. But this is why we are compared to this, because our shepherd laid down his life for us. I mean, he laid it down for what we may do, you know, our danger of what we may do. He also laid it down for what the enemy may cause upon us, right? The water for sheep must be clean. Oops, I moved that one. So, okay, so, uh, Okay, so it is natural for sheep to wander. Some have a natural built-in GPS system and can find their way back, and others kind of stray away, and they kind of get lost, and they don't know how to find their way back, and that's what you call the lost sheep, like what you were singing about earlier, about he leaves the 99 to go get the lost sheep. Um, here it is, Matthew 18, 12 through 13. How think ye, if a man have a 100 sheep, and one of them has gone astray, 
Doth he not leave the ninety-nine and goeth into the mountains and seek that which is gone astray? And if so, be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety-nine which were not gone astray. It's amazing. We are so important to him that if we start to get lost in any way, I mean, he's, he stops what he's doing and he's right there to take care of us. A good shepherd will discipline and warn a wandering sheep before it gets to the place where it separates completely from the flock. We may not see our warning signs or our disciplines, and we may just think that, you know, it's a, because actions do have consequences, don't they? But we may not realize that God is actually trying to warn you to protect you, just like, you know, you don't let little kids near a fire. You don't let, you know, you keep hot pans away from the little ones. You yell at them if they try to grab it. You don't let your little ones play in US-1. I mean, we give them warning signs. We do what it takes to protect them, don't we? Sometimes if they're starting to get hit by a car, we're going to stand in front of them, right? Okay. Um, Hebrews 12:6. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastens everyone he accepts as his. So he, he disciplines us. He warns us. We need to sometimes stop and take it and recognize it as a warning. Don't look at it as a natural consequence. Don't look at it as a natural reaction to what you just did stop and think you know what maybe this is my daddy just trying to tell me i need to i'm wandering too far away right uh the slingshot these are the tools the shepherd uses a slingshot a staff and a rod and we all know the slingshot <laughs> we know what that one is to you know to fight off the beast or the wolves or whatever is coming after and we we know that one but the staff is a long stick, usually five or six foot long, on which a shepherd leans and uses to balance himself on the steep hillsides. It also aids the shepherd as he walks along ledges and hills, and it's used to tap stones to make sure that they're not loose, like if they're on a side of a cliff or something, so they know he knows if his flock uh, can walk through that way. Um, the rod is a smaller piece of wood, and it's about the size of a baseball bat, and it must look kind of similar because it's narrow at one end and thicker at the other end. And it's um, used to gain the sheep's attention, like he could tap it on their head or their legs if they start to wander. And he also, he'll sling the rod, like if they start to get out of the distance where he's speaking to them or he can reach them, he'll sling it and it'll startle them. And so the sheep will go back to the flock because they flock together, okay? So he uses it as a direction also. It's also used to count sheep, like night before they're going into the cave. You know, they have to go under the rod, and he's just going to, like, count them as they go in. So the rod is used as a weapon, but also for correction and a tool of accountability and protection. So what I pulled from that is, you know, we have our armor of a God for protection, Right? Uh, we use the word for our defense, our slingshot, right? We have the Holy Spirit for correction and conviction. And we are held to, uh, accountable to God the Father uh, through his love, which brings us to repentance and from his judgment, right? So we have all of this spiritually that the shepherd does physically. Uh, John ten twenty seven. my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. It is known that um, sheep can instantly be familiar with a trusted person. They know the shepherd. They answer to the shepherd. They don't answer to strangers. They can recognize 50 people. What is amazing is they recognize the voice of anybody that abused them. 
and I was watching some videos, and it was really interesting because, um, you know, it was in a different language, so I don't know, it kind of sounded like saying, sheep come, sheep come, or something, I don't know. But he's calling the sheep, and you don't see them, and all of a sudden, one or two will start coming, and then they just all start herding in. And then somebody else tried calling them, and they didn't, nothing happened, nothing happened. The same thing when the shepherd would go up to a feed them, and they just come up to them just like, you know, so sweet and loving. And somebody else would try to come up to them and feed them, and they come up to them and walk away. Come up to them, walk away. You see, this is what we need, to, we need to do. When we're faced with temptation, we need to recognize that voice and walk away. We can't just be, in, be fed from anybody. We have to really be careful about that. And this is what is so important about hearing the voice of God. Um, They uh, learn their own name, and sheep even do tricks. They have unique personalities. They get along better. They get along better with others, just just like we do. Like they like to be, they don't like to be alone. They like to be together. Um, They form special friendships. So different sheep are friends with certain ones. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't know that, you know. Uh, they, can, they, speak, they spend time thinking about their friends that they lose. Like if, if they die, they spend time, like they'll have a mourning period. Isn't that something? And they, the ewes fall in love with the rams. <laughs> they, uh, so they have friends, and uh, it, it's just amazing. You know, I wouldn't think of that, that they did. So Matthew 25, 33, he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Because a lot of time you're going to have goats in there, and a, a, a flock of sheep can handle just a few goats, but too many goats is going to disrupt the whole flock because the goats are rebellious and they don't listen. And the goats like to really wander, and so, but they're not listening. They're not taking the direction. Like if he throws them the rod or he's hollering their name, they're kind of like, no, I want to go there. So you have to stop and think that's rebellious. We have to remember. So the, the sheep may wander out, but they'll come back when found. And the goat is kind of has a mind of his own, like a teenager, <laughs> right? And they just keep going and trying the next pasture. You see the difference there? And that's why uh, Jesus says he's going to separate the sheeps from the goat. The re- rebellious ones are going to end up going their own way. And so you want to remain a flock of the shepherd. You want to remain in there. So um, there, oh, there is a certain strain of sheep in Iceland known as leadership. This is interesting. Leadership are highly intelligent animals that have the ability and instinct to lead a flock home during difficult conditions. They have an exceptional ability to sense danger, and there are many stories in Iceland of leadership saving many lives during the fall roundups when blizzards threaten the shepherds and the flock alike of the of the others of the other sheep. So, we you know we need to think about that about ourselves. Some of us can grow up to be leaders, right? And we can help others that are going along the way. Just like he's saying, it even these sheep can even save the lives of the shepherd. So, you know, I, I think about this as, as uh, Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit to come live with us. Do you know, we can grow up to be like him, that we can be doing his job for him. Because when I think about what the sheep do in this whole story, I'm thinking about how he looks at us with nothing but love and caring, right? It, and so he decided... Well, you know, I got to go see the Father 
but I'm going to have to come back and live with you forever. I'm going to have to send send my spirit here because you got to have a shepherd inside of you, not just beside of you walking. I mean, think about the difference. They're following a physical shepherd, but each one of us have the shepherd inside of us. That we can, Even if we wander, we have that shepherd. We can get led back to the flock, can't we? It's amazing. They have a flight or fight, and we have that built into us also, right? They are a prey animal, and they're, when they're faced with danger, uh, they tend to to flight, and we that's something that's kind of natural to us. Even our chemicals, we, we react differently to flight or fight. They find safety in numbers, so they'll stay together in a group while they're grazing, and if um, they get agitated if they're separated from the group because some of them wander and don't know how to get back, so they can get a little under like that, uh, uh, scared like that. And now, so I want you to think the danger lies when the, the, the sheep that are on the outside, the outskirts of the area, the ones that are not completely wandering away, but they're on the outside. So when the sheep are startled, at first they get scared, but then they band together. They huddle up together in a group. So if there's any little stragglers on the outside that are moving slower or didn't catch it or running back slower, those are the ones that are vulnerable to the enemy. And what we need to think about this is if, if you start to wander in any way off the path that we're supposed to be on, and you wander just a little ways, we keep thinking, you know, I'm doing this, it's not really such a big deal, because I used to do that, so this isn't such a big deal, so, you know, I'm still okay. And before you know it, you just took a little bit of step further. And you still think you're okay, you feel like you're still in the zone, you know? But what you don't realize is you're vulnerable to the enemy because you're not in the pack. You're not really in the flock right there together. So this is what happens to people that backslide. They don't catch themselves when they're wandering just a little bit. And then what happens because they're vulnerable, they're being taked, taken away and they didn't even realize that they had strayed that far away because it, they're just getting pulled away. So it's kind of the same thing that they're doing that way. Sheep's tracks are never straight. <laughs> They have winding trails, and, uh, you know, it is hard for a human being to be on a straight and narrow path, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, it's hard for us to do it. We kind of make crooked paths to praise God if we just always get right back to that path, right? But our life can be a, definitely can be a wandering, winding trail, can't it? Um, They have an amazing tolerance for pain. They do not show pain because if they do, they will be more vulnerable to predators, who will look at them as weak or injured. As soon as I read that, I thought about like the guys that are in prison or in jail. Uh, they have to put a wall up, a tough skin up, so that people, they won't be vulnerable to people, right? Many of us have probably done this. If you've ever fallen in love and been hurt, you put a wall around your heart. You don't want to be hurt again, right? So, I mean, we've all done different things where we, we build something up, a wall, and we don't want anybody to get in right? And, and, but because we feel like we're vulnerable, but it's all we're really doing is hurting ourselves. We need to release that and let the love out because we don't realize what we're doing is not letting love out. It, 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 it's a wall that we have formed ourselves. The, um, sheep are cud-chewing animals. 
your Luann was telling me about this, and, and, and I found it in there. They have like four different stomachs. So what they do is they regurgitate, and then they chew, and then they eat. Oh, we do this with our life so many times. You know, we mess up, and then we go right back again into the same old thing, and we do it again, and we mess up, and we do it again, and we do it again, and we are looking for it to taste differently, <laughs> you know? And, and we just, we, we can do this in our life. We need to realize that we need to change our ways if we want a different outcome in our life. So the sheep must be fed. They must be read, which means the shepherd must know how to understand their thoughts, and they have to have a bed bed, red, and bed. And when I saw that, I realized the word, the, a believer must be fed the word of God. You must have the Holy Spirit to guide you, to convict you, right? And you must have the Father's love to feel secure in your life. Um, what this, uh, this teaching did for me, and I'm going to, like next week, talk about the, um, the parable of the sheepfold, which is really interesting. Um, it's, it's not from this, but it's from just studying it. And I, I just love to dig into different things. But um, what I got on my whole takeaway with this is uh, even I, I mean, I, like, yeah, the guys at the park sometimes will feel like God's expecting more of them, you know. Well, he looks at us as sheep, so, you know, you don't ask your pets to cook you dinner. <laughs> You know, God's, it just made me realize he knows who we are. He knows what we're capable of. And people think that he's expecting more of us. But see, this entire story what didn't say anything about what the shepherd expected out of the sheep, did it? Not one bit of it. This entire story was about the love the shepherd had for the sheep. It put me into so much perspective. It's not about... I want to do what God wants me to do for him. I want to make sure I really get there. I want to make sure I'm doing it right, you know, because I can be driven sometimes because that's where I used to be, driven. But it's the enemy that drives. God leads us, okay? He's a shepherd. I had to let, let go of that driven spirit. It's not about how high I can climb. Do you see? It's not about that. It's about receiving his love for him and understanding all he really wants is a relationship. It's all he wants. It's it. The whole thing narrows down to love and relationship. <laughs> Isn't that something? And when you understand that, every one of us can handle that. None of us have to think we haven't met his expectations, right? Okay, thank you guys for letting me share. <laughs> listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.